welcome to another episode of In The Loop Break by Roping Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Joe Fabrizio, and we're pretty excited about this next series. We are going to do 15 days of NFR breakaway roping. We are going to interview some of the top 15 breakaway ropers, as well as a couple of people behind the scenes. So thank you for listening to our podcast. Take a listen. So today we are here with Aaron Johnson, who is coming in number three to the NFR Breakaway Roping 2021. Aaron, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. So Aaron, you and I were at a lot of the same rodeos this year, um, traveled all over the world. So tell me a little bit about what some of your takeaways were from this season 2021. Oh, geez. Um, I think, I think my biggest takeaway is, um, I don't know how these guys do this for 15 years on end, <laughs> but, <laughs> no joke, right. But, um, no, seriously, my, my first biggest takeaway is that is how excited about breakaway the crowd is everywhere you go. It is awesome. And it's really inspiring. And it just gives me the feeling that this is here to stay. And that makes me excited. You know, I have two daughters and hopefully I'll be doing this with them someday. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, that's the neatest thing about it. You know, I think we get excited about where it's going and all this stuff, but, but for a lot of the moms out there, that is something to think about, you know, if we can right. keep this going and then, you know, Annie and, and everybody will be up here and Lord yes. knows when, when they're Evan, you know, and just, yep. it's pretty exciting. Yes, for sure. So that, that's one of my biggest takeaways. Um, I don't know the, the appreciation I have for the committees that, it, that went above and beyond a lot of those committee, you know, Tremont for heaven's sakes, they, they redid, redid their ground overnight the night before the slack completely redid it, hauled out the mud, hauled in, I, I don't know, like 40 loads of sand or something like that and worked it all night long. I pulled in there at two o'clock in the morning and the, the groundskeeper was, uh, working the arena and that's, that's amazing that they're willing to go to the, that extreme to make it good for the Cowboys and Cowgirls. That's pretty cool. Well, and just that, that's what I was just thinking, you know, how, how neat that is for us. But then the committees you see and you watch, they truly love rodeo. Like, I don't know that that's yes. a dying thing in our culture, but it's pretty exciting to see all these people, you know, they might or might not have been involved with rodeo in the past. Or they might have just come on board. You know, it's a, right. it's like a melting pot on each committee. And they're, they are, they live, eat, breathe rodeo. And they do, yes. they go out of their way to accommodate us as contestants. Um, and just like that, I mean, they worked all night and all day and spent who knows how many thousands of extra dollars just to have yes. the ground like that. Yes. Um, it just, it humbles you as a, as a contestant for sure. Yes. Yeah. It, it's amazing. So it, it's neat to see stuff like that. So talk a little bit about your favorite rodeo. You know, was it a big rodeo? Was it a medium rodeo? Was it a little rodeo? Um, setups, things like that. I don't have a specific favorite rodeo. I, I loved, there were so many of them that I really enjoyed being at, you know, just the environment of them. I mean, the hospitality at Lovington, New Mexico, the, you know, and, and there were others 
that were great too, but each one has their own different environment that gives you such a cool feel that they're, they're doing it in their own way. They're making it as big and as cool and as fun as they possibly can. So I don't know that I have a specific favorite rodeo, but, um, the ones with the giant crowds are so fun. And really there was, there were big crowds. The majority of the places that I went, that I was in the performance, there was, there was a really great crowd. Santa Maria, California. Wow. I mean, just blew me away that the people that came out to support that rodeo and watch it and have fun at it. Just pretty cool. But setups wise, you know, I, I think that it, I've, you know, we've talked about this before. I, I like a longer setup. I like a box that's a little longer. It fits my horse better. He's bigger. Um, I really don't mind letting them out there a little bit and having to run them down because same for the same reason that fits my horse a little better in my roping style. But I, I had a little success here and there at some quicker setups also. And so it's, it's just really fun and it's challenging because you want to step up and you want to be competitive at all of them. You don't want to be one dimensional, one dimensional. You want to be multidimensional. And I've worked hard at that and I've had to change a few things and I, I think I'm getting better. I'm, I'm not going to say that I don't have a long ways to go, but I, I really enjoyed, you know, I won Caldwell. That was, that was a great setup for my horse. It wasn't necessarily a long score, but the box was longer and, and that that's perfect for my roping style. And so I, and I really enjoyed the Northwest this fall. I just want to say if I were going to take my family somewhere and for four five or six weeks, I would load them up and take them to the Northwest. The weather was unbelievable. The, the people and the crowds and the hospitality was unbelievable. The, the rodeos are awesome. Just cool. And in the area of the country, I love seeing the agriculture in different areas of the country. You know, agriculture is really where my heart is. And I, I love just like, I just drive down the road. I'd be driving 50 and I'm looking around <laughs> and I'm sure Bethany was going, Oh my God, we're never going to get there. Grandma's getting passed <laughs> by church buses over here. Right. But I, I really enjoyed that, but I enjoy, I, I enjoyed all, you know, seeing things in all parts of the country, but, but the agriculture in the Northwest was really cool. And, you know, that was one of the neatest things too, is the different, the vast difference in, in the location, you know, you might drive 30 miles and it would be complete different territory and terrain yes. and some of the things we've never seen before. And so, yes. um, you know, I, I know we didn't get to spend just a whole lot of time anywhere because we were crazy going and, and leaving and and doing right. all the things, but, um, but right. you know, that would be something I, I thought was really, really cool to see all the different pieces of, of that part of the world. Yes, I did too. I, I really enjoyed it. And I wish that I had spent more time and had more time to, you know, to enjoy, take in some of the, the sightseeing and the, the different, you know, features that, you know, each area had to offer. Um, I didn't have my kids with me a whole lot. I, I tried to take them usually one at a time. It was hard. I wanted to take them everywhere, but it, it was hard. There was usually at least three of us in the pickup and several, several times during the year, there were four of us. And that just makes it Im almost impossible to, to load up even one kid. It just gets tight in the pickup and it gets tight in the trailer. And it just, it, it just wasn't, the best scenario for taking my family and, and, you know, showing them the sites and stuff. 
but, and fi- and financially that was necessary. That's, that's what it boils down to. I mean, really for me, it was necessary to have, you know, three or four people in the rig sharing fuel and, and the, all the expenses that go along with rodeoing. And so I really didn't feel like I had the choice to load everybody up and take them, but I tried to take one here and there and hopefully in the future, I mean, we'll be in a position where we can really take, like I said, I would love to load up everybody, Darnell and the kids and go to the Northwest one of these years and just spend the fall up there, you know, late, late summer and, and enjoy it and actually get to take some time and do some fun things and see some cool things. So that's one of the things, you know, that I admire about you. I know a lot of people know you're a mom, you know, your wife, um, breakaway roper, but go in a little bit about that. Like, were you prepared to take that time away from your family and, and did you have those expectations or how did you manage all that? No, I wasn't prepared at all. I actually went into this summer just completely oblivious of what it was really going to be like. And I think Darnell kind of had an idea of what it was going to be like for me. And I, I really just didn't ever think that far ahead. I don't think, but, um, you know, until, until August, I was home a little bit, you know, I mean, at least during the week sometimes and right there after the 4th of July, I kind of went home and, you know, for a week or so before Cheyenne, Sheridan, you know, around Sheridan, I was home a little bit, but when August hit, I was, I was not prepared. I didn't realize what it was really going to be. I, I didn't come home at all from like the 10th of August to after, till after Dickinson, which was the 19th of, you know, I didn't get home till the 20th of September. And I, I wasn't prepared. The kids were definitely not prepared. And then it was hard because every time I did come home, when I went to leave again, the girls were crying. They either wanted to go or didn't want me to leave. And it really, emotionally, it was hard. And I didn't want to be gone. I honestly didn't. Like, I, I love rodeoing. And I when, I when I actually get out there, I enjoy it 100%. But leaving is always hard for me. You can ask any of my friends. Every time I'm supposed to show up, I show up hours, if not days late somewhere, because I don't leave until the very last second that I, I mean, that it's possible for me to leave and make it somewhere on time because I don't want to leave home. I don't want to leave my kids. I like, I'm a homebody anyway. I like my home. I like the things that we do at home. And so, yeah, I really wasn't mentally prepared or emotionally prepared for being gone like that at all. But now that I know what it's like, I don't know, but I, I don't know what I want to do going forward. Like I either want to be able to take them with me more, or maybe I want to not have to go as hard. You know, I, I don't know. And I don't know if that's possible. Like if, you know, go, it's, you're going to have to go hard to make it. There's so many girls that rope so good. There is just, I don't see any way around rodeoing really a hundred percent if you want to give yourself a chance, but I don't know. We'll just see how it plays out. There's some bigger rodeos this year where maybe you can kind of if you do, you know, hit good at, at some good ones, maybe it would be possible to not have to go as hard, you know, later, but that might not be me either. That might be somebody else. So you never know. Well, and I think that's the biggest thing is none of us know, you know, it's such an uncertain, uncontrollable sport. 
Um, yes. you know, we can all make plans. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you've heard the God make, you make plans and God laughs at you kind of thing, but yes. you know, um, you've just got to be prepared to take the punches as they come and just getting your perspective on, you know, what it's like being a mom. And, and I know there's so many listeners out there that, that do question, well, can I leave or, you know, how will it all work? And, and just seeing, you know, how you managed and, and, you know, JJ and, Jackie, some of those other moms, you know, everybody did it different right. and it, it doesn't yeah, look the did. same yep. for everybody, nope. but it, 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 it got done. And, and obviously right. you, know, you come in, you're number three. So you dang sure, you know, made a statement cause that's a hard position to be in. So, um, you know, it's just, there, there's so much sacrifice, no matter whether you have a big yes. family, little family, you know, weenie dogs, whatever it is, there's right. sacrifice all over yep. the place. And so that's the for biggest sure. piece of rodeo. Yeah. And it takes, and it does take you know, a whole village. We've talked about that before too. If I didn't have my mom, my, I mean, Darnell first and foremost, but my mom and her husband, Elvin were super <laughs> instrumental in being able to do what I did. And my sister and her boyfriend, I mean, they've all stepped up. They've done chores. They've watched the kids. They've got the kids off the bus. They put the kids on the bus. You know, everybody has helped. And it, I am, eternally grateful for all that because I want my, if I'm not doing it, I want other people that my kids are familiar with and love doing those things with them. That's important to me. And that's important for the kids. So that that's been, that's been really good. Uh, you know, the way that I guess I made it work. So, right. Well, let's transition a little bit in FR 10 rounds and an average this year, uh, going to Vegas. Yes. What's your, what's your game plan or your strategy? Geez, I'd like to rope ten, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sounds like a sounds like a pretty tall uh, order, but um, I I don't know. I I think that really my game plan is not going to change. I'm going to do the best I can on every one I draw, and I you know I do make mistakes, and that it you know it'll be disappointing if I make a mistake there, but I'm I'm pretty much prepared for whatever I'm going to go and I'm going to do the best I can on everything and just let the chips fall where they may, you know, I mean, I, I would just like to have a good NFR and, and, you know, place and come out of there with some money and, you know, have a good time and put on a good show. I think that's important to me. And I try not to put too much pressure on myself and I, you know, or, you know, you don't want to put any, that kind of pressure on anybody, but really, you know, it's important that we put on a good show. It, it's going to matter down the road that we, that we can go there and, and, you know, make it exciting for the people that come to watch. Well, and I think that's one of the coolest things about breakaway and the thing that stood strong throughout the year, all the different setups, it is exciting and it is fun. And it is something yes. that the crowd is interested in, just like you were talking yes. about, you know, the environment and the crowd it, and, and they do think it's, it's fast fun and it's, it's pretty women who wrote good, you know? And so, Um, I think that element is definitely there and definitely something that people look forward to. And I think as it continues to grow, that that demand will grow and and people will will crave that, too. So I think that's most certainly there. So what about um, let's talk a little bit about horsepower. So what are you riding? Uh, Are you taking taking Bubba, too? Are you just taking Chico? Tell me a little bit about it. No, I, I will definitely have both of them out there. I. I took Chico to a jackpot day before yesterday and I am 
bruised all over. Like he was so tight. I couldn't even hardly get a throw. So I don't really know what I'm doing or what, what's kind of gotten into him, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep roping on him, but I'm going to keep, I'm going to start roping on Bubba. I haven't really been roping on him. Actually, I've been roping on some other, you know, up and coming horses that I've kind of been made projects and, but I'm going to go back to roping on Bubba here starting about now and just make sure because Bubba is not the kind of horse that gets tight. So if for some reason I feel like Chico's going to take a throw away from me, cost me in that area, I, I will, I will probably get on Bubba. That's, that's kind of my plan right now, but I think I'll probably start on Chico for sure. As long as, as long as we get, get him kind of freed up a little bit. Well, that sounds good. Are you setting up any kind of practice pin scenarios or are you just, are you roping a bunch of calves every day? How are you going about it? Um, yeah, I had been, I had been roping a lot. I have, I have a whole barn full. I have six or eight horses here that I've been roping, trying to rope on fairly consistently. So I had been roping a lot, not all of it rodeo practice, but, um, you know, just, I think just repetition is always good, no matter what, what you're riding. I, I kind of took a, last week off. We've been working on our house. This is an ongoing thing. Like if I make the NFR in five years, I'm still going to be working on my house. So just get used to hearing about it. But um, we've been working on the house a little bit. So I kind of took some time off here this last week and haven't roped a whole lot, but, but yeah, going forward, my plan is just to keep practicing. I have a, I have a couple different boxes. We rope calves normally out of like a 14 foot box. That's about 11 feet wide, I think. And I have a 16 foot box that's 11 feet wide. So I'm probably going to go ahead and start roping out of that 16 foot box just because that's fairly close to what it sounds like it's going to be out there. I think they said it's going to be 16 feet deep and 10 feet wide. And from what I heard, maybe three foot under. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'll, I'll practice. We'll probably sit, we might even set up a barrier and kind of make sure that I'm kind of dialed in on that three foot under start. I'm, I feel I'm comfortable with the two foot under start. That's how I've roped my whole life. And that's really what we roped most of the summer in the outdoor rodeos anyway, was a two foot under. So I, I do need to kind of uh, dial that in a little bit and make sure that I'm nailing the start on, a, on that little bit shorter start. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to set that up and work at it here a little bit between now and December. Well, I think that's a really good plan. And, you know, one of the things that I admire most about you and you, you rode the same horse most all year long, you rode Chico, your yellow horse, and yes. you capitalized at all the different setups. It wasn't just the two unders or the 20 foot starts. It was everything we went right. to. And so that's something you got to be proud of. I appreciate that, Jordan. That, yeah, I, I, I'm proud of my horse. He's, he's really pretty good everywhere. Even, even though he's a little bigger, he's really not a disadvantage at a shorter, quicker setup. You know, I, I feel like he gave me a chance a lot of places and I am proud of him. I think and I, and I'm, I'm super excited that the other girls took notice of that too and voted for him and, you know, and he snuck in there for third, you know, for the horse of the year. I'm pretty, pretty excited. Just really, really excited about that. Actually. I never thought in a million years I'd be, you know, even that'd be an opportunity for us breakaway ropers to have a horse, you know, up for that kind of an award. And it's just pretty cool. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it is pretty neat. So so going into to the next year, reflecting on this year, if you could do anything different and kind of take it forward, what would it be and why? Oh, just not miss as many opportunities. I miss so many opportunities. It makes me sick. Like I can't even think about them. 
And I know everybody could say that. I, I literally, everybody that rodeoed could say that. But I, I just want to, I want my win percentage to be better. And, and maybe, and maybe that would be, you know, if I could make that happen, then I could not have to go to quite as many. I went to 70, I don't know, 75, I think, or right around there, 74, three, something like that. But that's a lot of rodeos. I never thought I'd go to that many rodeos. I've never gone to more than 30 or 35 amateur rodeos in a year, you know? And so I, I will, I'd like for my win percentage to be better, but I, it's, there's so many variables. You just, it's really out of your control. And at the end of the day, it just goes back to what we've talked about before. You have to do the best you can do on everything you draw and you have to have some forgiveness for yourself for making mistakes. Because if you can't, if you can't forgive yourself and know that those mistakes are just part of it, then I think that you can, you can get overwhelmed and eaten up by, you know, the mistakes and you just, you cannot focus on those. So I guess, you know, as much as I'd like, I'd like to capitalize on more opportunities, you know, you can't, you can't set that goal in stone and then be so disappointed or, uh, down, you know, when it doesn't happen that it, that it starts affecting the rest of your, the rest of your rodeos, you know? So yeah, I think One so too. And I think I think that that's that's something that I know I learned this year for sure, and I, and I think a lot of us. But it it was something we had never been faced with, you know. And so right. you either fought and got back up, or you didn't. And and right. um, it's it's a challenge to keep going when it's not going good, for sure. Right. And especially with all the other variables. But but right. that's just what makes right what makes competitors. You know what I really thought this was, this was something I was thinking about the other day is I really, it's really cool that we all, we all were in the same position this summer. We were all rodeoing, roping at rodeos we had never been to before. We'd never, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know what the cattle were going to be like. We didn't know what the setup was. We didn't know how the, what the size of the box or the length of the score. We didn't know any of that. And it really put everybody on a level playing field. I, I feel like. You know, it, if I tried to come to Texas and rope against you girls at the amateur rodeos, I'd, it'd take me three years before I want to check, probably, because I just, you know, I, I, you feel, you almost feel like you're at a disadvantage from the beginning because you don't know what it's going to take to win. But I felt like we were all on a level playing field. Nobody knew what it was going to take. Everywhere we went, it was new for everybody. And I, that's, that's never going to happen again. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just cool that, that when everybody goes there, they have to, they have to figure it out just the same as everybody else. And nobody's in an advantage. Nobody knows what, you know, whether this is a two second rodeo or a three second rodeo or a, you know, so I think, I think that was something that really, I don't know, it, I don't even know how to describe it. It just, it just, it's never going to happen again because now everybody has a little experience and everybody's going to know what to expect and everybody's going to have a plan going to each rodeo. Whereas that really didn't, that didn't get to happen this year. Right. And I think that's something that, you know, we savor as, as a monumental year for everybody in breakaway roping too. And, you know, yes. it's, 
kind of like they say, everybody puts their pants on the same way. And that most certainly happened this year. And so um, that was neat. And it was, it was a first for everybody and and something I think we'll always remember and, and pretty neat for, for those top 15 to say that, that they, they got the job done and and you're one of them. And so, you know, I think it's, um, it's definitely a year for the history books for certain. Yes, for sure. Well, I, for the record, I did not know what to expect going into this year. I mean, I barely snuck into the finals last year and I, I did not know starting out whether I would even have what it took to make it back at all. I, I, I literally didn't, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't go into the year. I really just started. I, it was in hopes that I could make it back. That was my, that was probably my, my personal goal that I dang sure didn't vocalize. That was just my, you know, in the back of my mind, I just wanted, I just wanted to maybe show that it wasn't an accident that I made it the first time Mm -hmm. and that maybe those world championships weren't an accident, you know, even though they happened thousands of years ago, (laughs) but, um, I, I'm just tickled. I'm so tickled to be in the position I'm in. And, you know, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that every other girl going there ropes better than I do. I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't even have any explanation. I guess just luck, just maybe a little bit of experience. I feel like my horsepower helped me, but, um, everybody there ropes as good or probably better than I do. And I'm just excited to be with this group of girls and getting to, to do this again. Well, it doesn't happen often, but I'm going to have to disagree with you there because you definitely earned your spot. You roped, you're roping, you did what you do and you're a woman on a mission and, and I'm glad to, to excited to see it through and, and how it ends up 2021 world standings finals. Thank you, Jordan. So, well, Aaron, we'll be rooting on it for you, on you. I'm not going to root on you. I'm going to root for you. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> be rooting for you. But, um, kick butt out there and, and I'll see you out there. Okay. Thank you so much, Jordan. It was good talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us on In The Loop Breakaway podcast. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to me, feel free to email me at jordan at com. We appreciate you listening to us and we'll see you down the road.